Not sure whether a blog, podcast, or vlog is right for you? Well, it's tough to do them all, especially when you're short on resources like time and money. That's why today we're talking about these three types of content marketing in more detail so that you can make an informed decision about which one makes the most sense for you and your brand. If blogging, podcasting, or video are on your to-do list, then you don't want to miss this episode. Hey you, you're listening to the Messy Desk Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to achieve more without the overwhelm and drama. Because although business and life get messy, that doesn't mean things have to be hard. Join us as we help you cope with the chaos and banish your barriers so that you can move forward in your entrepreneurial journey. I'm Megan Monahan, And I'm Teresa Safali. Let's get on with it. Okay, so Teresa, I am putting you on the spot today, and I'm starting this episode off with a direct question. Uh-oh. If you, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> get ready. If you had only one avenue or format to reach your audience, then which one would you choose? Oh, I hate being put on the spot. I always feel like it's a pop quiz. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to choose, I would say vlog. I know the importance of video. It's the fastest way to grow that know, like, and trust factor. Plus, it'd be easy to pull the audio and create a podcast. And if you script your videos, you have instant blog content. Oh, oh, and you could embed your videos into your blog content then? Oh, okay, I'm going to stop right there. I'm sorry. My brain went into a million different directions. Well, for me, it would be hands down, no hesitation, a blog which I don't really think you're surprised about. Not at all. For one, it's really easy to turn blog content into other formats like video and audio. So I think it's a good starting place. Secondly, blogging comes so easy to me with my background. And third, it works for my target market. Well, I would love to choose vlogging and being a YouTuber because in my fantasy world of rainbows and unicorns, I'm great at all things video. But in real life, that just isn't the case. Video is so powerful, like you pointed out, and I think it could be the best method to attract leads, build your business, and get more customers. That's why I'd really love to be great at vlogging. In fact, I even have some big aspirations for vlogging, and you know that because you and I have talked about it a little bit. (laughs) Yep. But I actually don't enjoy being on camera that much, and video editing isn't interesting to me either. And because of that, for me, video feels like such a ginormous effort that I'd rather stick to blogging and writing. That doesn't surprise me in the least bit. Um, (laughs) You know, you already know I don't mind being on camera. But like Megan, I don't enjoy what happens after the recording. Video editing is not at all in my zone of genius. I can see myself with a mountain of videos that no one's ever seen because I procrastinated around editing them. So I definitely have to outsource that piece. Yeah, I get that. Video editing is just not my jam either. One thing I do know for sure, it can be really difficult to choose between blogging, podcasting, and vlogging. Ideally, you'd publish content in each format with the help of a team. But that isn't possible for a lot of businesses, and that's why we say to start with just one. So which one are you going to start with? What format or which platform is right for you? To help you answer that, 
we're going to chat about each format in more detail and give you tips on how to choose one. We ask that you keep an open mind though. Going into this topic, you may have some preconceived ideas about each format, but you may be wrong about those assumptions. So let's start with blogging, Megan's favorite. Blogging is my fave, although it's been around for a very long time, kind of like me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying a word. <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> Actually, blogging has been around for over 20 years, and I think that's made some of its shine wear off. People have different ways to define a blog, but in the context of this discussion, I want you to think of a blog as a section on your website where you publish informational, relevant articles meant to attract your target market, build your authority in a niche, and generate leads. Blogging also boosts your visibility in search engines. A blog offers a lot of benefits for your business, which is why I've discussed blogging so many times on this podcast. <laughs> Have you? I, you kind of feel like you haven't done that. You didn't notice that, huh? Blogging <laughs> <laughs> is traditionally text-based, and like Megan said, you typically put your blog on your own website. There are other platforms where you can publish a blog, like Medium, Tumblr, or even LinkedIn. We don't discourage you from using those platforms as a secondary location for publishing. But from a brand aspect, we recommend that you blog on your own website. Now, why are we saying that? Because a blog that's on your own website is an asset that you own. You control it. Plus, a blog is so effective for ranking your website and content higher in search. So you'd want to blog on your site versus on a platform that you don't own. Right. Because with platforms like Medium and LinkedIn, you're at their mercy. Those platforms could change their rules or go away, and then, guess what? You're out of luck. You have no say-so, which isn't good for your brand or business. So think of blogging as something you write and publish or post on your own site. And how often you write is entirely up to you. But expect to publish weekly or bi-weekly because marketing requires consistency to be successful. We say that all the time. Yep. By the way, these aren't short articles either. Blogging is very popular and the internet is saturated. So there's a lot of competition. Just to give you an idea, Statista reports that this year in 2020, US bloggers are going to reach about 32 million people. Wow. That's a lot of people. Yes, it is. That means if you're going to blog, you must plan to spend a good chunk of time and energy blogging in a way that stands up and out against the competition. Generally speaking, that means writing posts over a thousand words. Of course, it depends on your industry, your competitors, and how saturated your market is. But just to give you an example, I usually have to write posts that are around 2,500 words or more if I expect to rank well. So recognize upfront that blogging is work. According to Orbit Media's 2020 blogging report, the average blog post takes about four hours to write. And that's only the writing portion of blogging. You still need to factor in the time it takes for editing, formatting, creating images, researching keywords, optimizing for search, and promoting your posts. Like Megan points out, there's a lot of time and effort required for blogging, but is it worth it from a lead generation and sales aspect? 
Well, let me give you a few stats. 57% of marketers attest to gaining new customers through blogging. 60% of people purchase a product after reading a blog post about it. That's really interesting. That's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> and businesses that blog experience 126% higher lead growth than non-blogging businesses. That's astounding. Those are decent numbers, right? I think so, yeah. The point is businesses are still using blogging as a way to generate leads and sales because it still works. Let's move on to podcasting. Okay, podcasting is a digitally recorded version of your content that your audience can listen to via your website or a podcast platform like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's an audio version of your content that people can access via computer, smartphone, tablet, or even a smart speaker. Here's a brief rundown of how a podcast works. You record your content, and this is called an episode. You upload the episode to a platform that hosts your podcast. There are lots of podcast hosts to choose from, like SoundCloud, Buzzsprout, or Podcast.co. Then either you or your host list your podcast in directories like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Your audience can listen to your episodes via these directories and sometimes via your host. Just like blogging, it's entirely up to you how frequently you want to release content. Some people choose weekly or daily. Some people don't follow a regular schedule. But consistency is super important in marketing. So if you want the biggest impact from podcasting, choose a frequency and stick to a schedule. Yeah, with any marketing, it's best to stick to a schedule. Showing up consistently makes people feel that you're legitimate, dedicated, trustworthy, and really committed to your audience. As to episode length, that's also a personal decision. Some podcasts are under 10 minutes while others are over an hour. And I think like Joe Rogan's are like four or five hours. Wow. <laughs> it really depends on your format topic and what your audience responds to. So it's really up to you. Podcasting is just starting to take off in popularity in the U.S. That means it's still a bit easier to get noticed as a podcaster. Once podcasting becomes more popular, it will get more saturated like blogging or vlogging. Then it will become harder to compete podcasting is up and coming. And I think that most business owners aren't really that knowledgeable about this lesser used content format. Yeah. Let's take a look at a couple of recent podcasting stats. A larger percentage of American consumers listen to podcasts weekly than attended church or religious services weekly in 2020. So that's, that's kind of an interesting stat. And I'm like wondering, is that because of the pandemic and is, you know, does the closing of churches might have impacted that number? So I'm kind of curious to know what the stats are going to be like next year, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. That's a, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Here's another one. On average, podcast fans listen to six podcasts during the course of a week. Of those Americans who listen to podcasts at least weekly, the average amount of time spent per week listening grew in 2020 to almost seven hours. 
I think this number is really compelling when you factor in the statistic you read before it, because it sounds like weekly listeners are giving a lot of time and attention to podcasters. And if that's the case, podcasting performs better than blogging in terms of time spent on consumption, since many people spend only a few minutes on a blog post. That could give you a lot more opportunity. So it's something to consider. Absolutely. Okay, last stat. 44% of 26 to 35-year-olds listen to podcasts each week. So podcasting is popular with a younger crowd, but monthly podcast listening is growing the fastest amongst older Americans ages 55 and up. Happy to say I don't fit into that demographic. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, so the last one's a surprise to me because I'm not in either of those demographics either. <laughs> but I actually listen to at least 10 podcasts every week and probably a lot more. But I'm thinking maybe I'm an early adopter for my age group. Who knows? I'm not sure. Anyway, I'm surprised that 40-somethings aren't more interested in podcasts. I know they listen to podcasts, but it's just that podcasts are more popular with millennials probably. I want to mention three other things about podcasting. The first is, demographically speaking, podcast listeners are affluent and educated. As for male versus female, podcasts are a little more popular with men, but not a lot. You know, it's like 39 to 36%. Second thing podcasts as a content format are much more accessible to smart speakers. Consumers can easily ask Alexa or Siri to play a podcast. So with the popularity of smart speakers increasing, podcasting has a big advantage here. And the third point I want to make is that Google has started indexing podcasts, so they'll begin to show up in search results more and more. This makes podcasting even more attractive. That's a big one right there. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really high-level look at podcasting to give you a tiny bit of insight. I mean, we've only scratched the surface here so that you can consider your options. And now let's talk a little bit about vlogging. Okay. Vlogging is basically video blogging. Whereas blogging is the written word and text, vlogging is publishing video content. The most common place to post this video is on YouTube where people can discover you. However, you could also use Facebook or another social media platform. You could invest in a platform like Wistia or Vimeo to host your videos, but this gets expensive fast and you'll need a way to get more views on those videos. There's also live video on social media platforms. This is another option. A word of caution though, you wanna be able to own your video content. So if you go with live video as your main format, be sure that you download the content when you're done so that you can reuse it in the future. Otherwise, you risk losing the content you've created. That defies the purpose of having a content asset like a blog, vlog, or podcast. Right. The idea with choosing one of these formats is to build a little piece of online real estate that you own. The beauty of more permanent content is that its value compounds with time, so its permanence gives way to more awareness and influence. And live content can be more fleeting and potentially less valuable. 
I say YouTube is the best place for vlogging because Google owns YouTube and shows YouTube videos in search engine results. This is one of the very most important aspects of YouTube. It's really more of a search engine than a social media platform. YouTube lets you host your videos at no cost to you. And not only is it free, you can also monetize your videos on YouTube and make money off of ads and sponsorships. Combine those two things, plus all the benefits of YouTube videos being crawled and displayed on search engine results pages, and YouTube has a lot going for it. By the way, you can also monetize a podcast or a blog using ads or sponsorships. But we're focused on choosing a format for your content marketing, so we're not going to talk about ways to monetize in this episode. We'll save that topic for another day. Yeah, I think that's an entire episode on its own for probably sure. Multiple, probably multiple, <laughs> right? Probably. Okay, so how often do you vlog? It's really the same as blogging or podcasting. With all these formats, plan on publishing content at least once a week. That's a good rule of thumb. I mean, you don't have to, but you'll get better results when you commit to content publishing at least once a week or more. As far as length goes, again, it depends on your topic and audience. Around 20 minutes is a really good length. Shorter videos don't perform as well as longer videos on YouTube, but this is very much unique to your brand, your theme, and your audience. Let's look at a couple of stats about video marketing. Over 80% of video marketers say that video has increased traffic to their website and increase the average time spent on a page. Over 80% of video marketers say video has generated leads and directly increased sales. That one's incredible. <laughs> yeah. 84% of people say that watching a brand's video has convinced them to buy a product or service. That, that's another incredible stat. <laughs> yeah. And people watch an average, this is crazy, of 16 hours of online video per week, 16. And 86% of people would like to see more video from brands in 2020. So what do all these stats tell us? Marketers use video. Video works to generate leads and sales and consumers like video. Like I mentioned at the start of this episode, video is hot. Sizzle. <laughs> okay. So you now have some good insight about the three main formats that you should be considering if you're using content marketing. Now we're going to help you answer which one, a blog, a podcast, or vlog, is right for you. We're going to give you the guidance to help you decide for yourself. As you know, we reject one-size-fits-all marketing. What's right for me isn't necessarily right for you. All of these three forms of content marketing work. I think we've proven that. So how will you choose? I think it really comes down to four factors. Your audience, your preferences and personality, business goals, and resources. First off, what type of content does your audience prefer to consume? Where do they hang out? You've got to consider whose attention you're trying to catch. You want to make it easy for your target market to find you. As much as you can, you want to go where your people hang out online. You don't want the hurdle of getting people to do something they don't like to do or aren't already doing because that just makes your job harder. Oh, yeah. 
Next, it's time to consider your own personal preferences and your personality. What's your comfort level and what kind of personality do you have? For instance, I already mentioned that I really like video, but I'm not that comfortable with it. It's a lot of effort and time for me to record and edit videos, and as an ambivert, it's also very draining. So my personal preference is to create content that's easier on me and my personality. And I'm different from Megan because I don't mind video, especially live video. She really likes to be more behind the scenes where I don't mind public speaking. That is so true. (laughs) (laughs) So let your personality and what content type you prefer help you decide. Don't choose a format that goes against your core, but don't let fear stand in your way either. Sometimes it's good to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, it's all about balance, right? Yep. You want your you, your original uniqueness to shine and choosing the format that works with your personality will support that. I love that. (laughs) Another thing to consider is your business goals. When you're thinking about each one of these formats, remember what's driving your content marketing. For example, if your number one goal is to drive traffic to your website, then blogging or vlogging are better options. If your number one goal is to reduce customer service calls, vlogging may be best so that you can offer product tutorials. It really does depend on your primary goals. Spend some time in your content strategy to better understand what you're trying to accomplish so that you can identify how to go about accomplishing it. Strategy is so important. And goals are at the foundation of your marketing. And speaking of goals, if I may, take a few minutes to set some around your content marketing strategy when it comes to blogging, podcasting, and vlogging. Create clear goals around how often you deliver new content and also around your numbers, but also be realistic. Finally, we want you to consider your resources. I think this is where business owners err. They don't factor in their available resources, and that leads to problems. And when we say resources, we really mean money, time, and expertise. If you have a big budget, then you can outsource nearly almost all of the work or hire a team member. In this scenario, you don't have to worry too much about time or your expertise. Someone else can manage the content production. You'll need to quantify how much of your time is needed and factor that into your choice. For instance, your participation in blogging could be minimal or next to nothing since you can hire a content strategist, ghostwriter, designer, and SEO expert. With video, you may be the face of your brand and need to spend a few days in a studio recording, although you could still hire out the script writing and the production. A good budget does make content marketing easier. But if you are on a tight budget and you're doing it all yourself, then time and expertise are bigger factors in your decision. Which of the three formats do you have experience and expertise in doing? Your level of expertise will determine how much time it will take to tackle any of these content formats. So decide how much time you're willing to invest and choose the one that makes the most sense based on your budget and schedule. There's typically a bigger learning curve with video due to the tech around it. You've got to have the right equipment and software in addition to the content aspect. 
On the flip side, the barriers to blogging are low. I feel like podcasting falls somewhere between blogging and vlogging since it's a bit more technical due to the editing of the audio files. But if you have even a small budget, you can outsource editing to someone and that can make video and podcasting much less overwhelming and more doable. Ultimately, you want to be out of the weeds in your business so that you can focus on leadership and more of those tasks that directly generate revenue. And you'll get there eventually, so don't get discouraged if you're not able to outsource just yet. Remember, it's small steps, but you can start simply, just start. I mean, and that's what we do. We do a lot of it ourselves, but we do outsource certain components of it. So we're still DIYing some of it and then outsourcing some of it. Right. Okay. We always say that it's important to get started and to do that, choose one format and go all in on that one main content asset. Small tweaks and small steps yield big results over time. It's like compound interest. So begin with one, master it, then add another form of content into the mix over time when you can hire help. Personally, I think that blogging is a good starting place for nearly every business. Again, no surprise there. (laughs) And here's why. A blog is an asset that you own and control. It's awesome for ranking in search engines, and it's relatively easy to start. Plus, and this is a biggie, You can use your blog as a script for a podcast and for video. So a blog makes it possible to easily branch out, be everywhere, and reach audiences across all three formats. This amplifies your results from one piece of content. Your video and audio can then be added to your blog, which gives people more options to consume your content, it increases SEO juice, and gives your website and your slice of online real estate even more clout, authority, and visibility. But look, this is the big enchilada, okay? This is repurposing your content, and it is a lot of work if you're DIYing your marketing. So I'm just, I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting that this is today's goal. The secret to tackling content marketing is outsourcing. But content that you own lives forever and can be one of the biggest assets in your business. So it's worth consideration on multiple levels. And I'll add that it's really important for your own success and your own sanity to avoid comparing yourself with someone who is in the more advanced stages of their business. Things may look perfect for them, but they went through messy moments and tough times to get where they are. So be patient with yourself on your journey to success. That is such a great message, Teresa. Yay, I love that. Okay, so that's it for this episode. If we helped you today, please subscribe to the podcast and support us by leaving a positive reviewer rating on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. Oh, and the show notes are available at MessyDeskPodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Messy Desk Podcast. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the Messy Desk Podcast and leave us a review. We're interested in what you're interested in, so email us at messydeskpodcast at gmail.com with your topic suggestions and questions. And most importantly, stay messy, because that's where the growth, progress, and magic happen. Blogging in a way that stands up against the, con- the condition? <laughs>
I think I have a condition. <laughs> Fantasy world of rainbows and unicorns. 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 We've invented a new species. I put invisible words into that sentence. Ooh, boy. <laughs>